right, welcome to another segment of Let's Talk UNLV on KUNV. You with co-host Keith and Renee. Renee, how was your weekend? Oh, it was great. March Madness. Ah, uh, don't even <laughs> get me started. My my bracket is so out of whack. It's uh Yeah, but it's just so exciting to see these athletes playing, especially in the midst of all that they've, you know, been through with COVID. Um, it's just an exciting uh tournament. And my bracket is busted. Uh <laughs> Got busted last night with Kansas's loss to to USC, uh, but I'm a from you know I hail from Los Angeles, California, so it's nice to see USC go on. What about you, Renee? Coming from the, in the Midwest, so Illinois wasn't in your bracket. Come on, you had to have Illinois going beyond. I'm a Jayhawk, you know, <laughs> Jayhawk or nothing else. Yeah, so <laughs> Illinois definitely took me out of the running. But you know, the, the March Madness is representative of this crazy pandemic time. You know, just. It's unpredictable. You know, you think things are going a certain way and then boom, Mm -hmm. you know. So but it's been great just to sit in front of the TV and just forget about everything else that's going on and just be fully immersed in the March Madness. And just to sort of resemble that sense of normalcy and pre-pandemic ritual. So it's been great. Renee, it's been almost a year. A year. Since we went down this endeavor. So I know. It, I just thought about that this uh, past uh, week. Um, so I began to think about uh, all the things that we've accomplished. And uh, I remember when Ashton Ridley, the, the general manager for KUNV, came to me and uh, he said, uh, you know, Dr. Watson, we really need to tell stories about what's happening in then campus life. Now it's been um, restructured to now be student life. And he said, I just don't believe that that." The campus knows all that's taking place. And I said, really? He said, no, I, I, I don't think so. And I think that uh, having a show to really highlight that. And that was the start of the conversation. And then I can <clears throat> remember vividly when you hey, Keith, I got this idea about co-hosting show. And, I was, you know, I went back to different strokes. What you talking about, <laughs> Renee? You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's not the kind of opportunity that's presented to mm-hmm senior level officials to do this kind of uh, of show and to and so immediately I began to think about well what's the structure mm-hmm. uh you know what mm-hmm. is the name of the show uh do we even have the skill set Steven you right. know pull this <laughs> off uh will our supervisor Dr. Juanita Fain even approve of this project and she was supportive uh from the get go so we launched it uh during the COVID-19 pandemic, when things started to really rev up and the campus was making some decisions. Well, I know I was certainly unsettled when when you first brought the idea to me, thinking those same things like, I've never done a radio show or a podcast or, you know, talk over the microphone. So it was going to be an interesting journey. and, And I think it's sort of indicative of sort of the pandemic was getting outside of our comfort zones to do something that we felt strongly about that could benefit the university community by giving them access to more information around services, activities, programming, and just hearing some of the wonderful things that are going on around the, around the campus. Yeah, so to that end, one of the key factors was finding a good editor, right? And so we have uh, Ray Fletcher with us. Hello. Ray Fletcher, so is our editor. Ray, make everything <laughs> all right. You know, I try. I try to do what I can do. And so I remember, you know, Ray saying, well, we could start this off with WebEx. And I said, what? (laughs) WebEx? And that's how we started. So, Ray, talk to us about how you thought of the idea of getting this thing started with WebEx and what's been your journey like? 
So this has been really interesting to me. Um, when I first got hired here, I got hired right before the pandemic started. So this oh. was one of the first projects that I took on was this show. Um, and because of everything that we didn't know about the virus, like we had no idea how everything was going to operate. So we obviously went um, with the idea of going with WebEx. And it it was interesting because the sound quality wasn't, the best. No, you, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a few misfires in those first few episodes. Right. Um, but I agree with what you said earlier is like we had to adapt and we had to figure new things out just like everyone did um, during the pandemic. So everything was new and getting the audio from WebEx while not the best, it was it was important to get some of those messages across, especially early on in the pandemic, because there was a lot of stuff that people on campus needed to know and might not have been getting that information. So it was really important to have this project. Well, Ray, here's the important question. Okay. Now, when, when we came to you, like, we have no clue what we're doing and we need some coaching and, and you just lean right in and just made us feel comfortable. Yeah. So what was your background in this field? Because I know you settled me quite a bit to make me comfortable to move forward with this, especially that first session. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I started in radio a little bit before I started uh, with working with you guys. So I was relatively new to the situation as well, but I had been on air for about eight months. Um, so I had a little bit of you know experience with the microphone. And I think the, the trick is getting someone to act like the microphone's not there, right? Because when you guys first started, we're, we're talking in our pre-meeting and you guys are excited and you have this flow and then we turn the microphone on and you guys kind of <laughs> got down and started talking with this low, sweet voice. <laughs> and it's like, you know, just because the microphone's there, we get this different mentality. So that was all it was, was to get you guys to not even think about the microphone. Well, we, were, we were trying to be Dr. Watson and Dr. Rogers instead of Keith and Renee. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Just be yourself. And, and you guys got, got there very quickly. Um, I was rather impressed by how, how quickly you guys got comfortable in front of the microphone. Yeah, I remember asking, asking um, Ashton and Ray, I was like, well, maybe I need to take some classes. You know, point me to the, the best coach. Because, right. you know, it's part of our training in education. Uh, it's part of the student affairs profession that we want to be ready to be prepared. And, and I remember Ashton just kept saying, that's not how people listen, Dr. Watson. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you wanting to raise the bar, but mm -hmm. really just be yourself. And uh, that was a, a bigger lesson for me, mm -hmm. you know, to just say that I am enough and uh, that this is the right uh, way to, to utilize this platform. What about you? How did you make that adjustment, Keith? Well, you were sort of my calming voice, you and Ray, because I had no clue. You know, I had some friends who have done radio spots, but, you know, I had never done so. And I was thinking the same thing you were, that, you know, I'm going to reach out to these different people who have the radio shows and ask for some advice. But, you know, after... I talked with you to hear more uh, sort of about your insights on how you thought the show would work and then being connected to Ray. And I never would have thought Ray was a student. I thought Ray was like a seasoned <laughs> professional when I first, you know, we first corresponded in email and he was just giving sort of that guidance on, you know, how to structure the show and sort of, you know, how to approach the guests and how to carry ourselves within while we're on air. And it just really gave me a different impression. And I think I was anxious before that first show, trying to figure out, okay, don't screw this up, don't mess up. But, you know, one of the things that, that Ray said that I think was the, probably the most beneficial is, and what we say to our guests is, if you screw up, just keep going yeah. and I will fix it. 
you know, in Ray we trust, right? Right. And <laughs> I like that. And he has not failed us. He has not to date. And I think just sort of going into that first session and with that in mind, it it helped relax me and calm me. And and I think as you and I have interacted in this setting, it's so we've sort of found our groove. Yes. On, on how we approach it. So I just think reflect back on sort of those first few episodes, especially when we were in di- different locations yeah. and versus being in the same studio, we can see one another and feed off one another's energy and vibe. It's really, really come a long way. And I'm, I'm very pleased with sort of the journey that we've taken and sort of where we are from where we started. I think it's also important for our listeners to know we've never had a guest in the studio with us. No, and, yeah, and, they've all been on the phone. And it's all been, <laughs> you know, on the phone or via WebEx. And so that's been really interesting. So, Ray, talk to us about the mechanics of, you know, how you structure the show, the level of prep that you have to, you know, undergo, um, you know, how do you get ready and, you know, the transition from WebEx to, to the in-studio. What, what was that like for you? So it's gotten a lot better since we're in studio now. I got to be honest, like the WebEx, it's it's a lot, it's a little bit of a process to get those um, video recordings to an audio file and then edit it all down to make it sound somewhat decent because I mean, everybody knows the technology. Like, it's it's great that we have this technology. The audio never sounds that great. Like, even during a meeting, people's mics cut off. And so being in studio definitely helps me a lot. Um, I think you guys do a lot better in studio as well because you have that feel with one another. You can see each other. You can see uh, body language, which you can't really do on WebEx. Mm-hmm. Um, so as for me, it's, it, preparation is not difficult. I, I get... I, I get your music beds ready. I get your audio files together. I have to do a little bit of editing to make everything flow smoothly and sound good. Um, but the overall process, it's a really simple one. And um, it, I credit you guys for being prepared for what for your show that makes my job easier. Well, as long as you don't come out with a, a blooper reel on us. You know, I might do that one of these days. We, we've, got, we've got some stuff, some material that we could use for a blooper reel. <laughs> Wow. So talk to us, Ray, about the shows that as a student, from Uh a student perspective, the ones that really kind of speak to you, the ones that, you know, you found to be beneficial, you know, personally. Well, I have two that jump out uh, immediately to me. The first would be the one we did recently, the MSI Student Task Force, uh, the Student Council, excuse me. That was that was a really fun episode. I'm a part of that student council, so it was nice to hear um, some of our work being talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three guests that we had on the student council were all very good and mm-hmm. very, mm-hmm. they're smart people. I, I feel like I gain IQ points just from being around them. <laughs> um, so that one stood out in particular. And the other one that stood out, and you might find this a little interesting but the the parking enforcement one because i believe i gave you that idea i said look this parking lot right here uh is always empty and it's dedicated for staff we need to find out why why no one's there um so that was a really interesting episode for me um just because it kind of affected me personally because i could walk about a hundred fewer steps if that lot was changed to student lots (laughs) you know the parking one stretched me when you listed that as a possible topic, I said, <laughs> what are we going to talk about? The, the yeah, painted lines? For an entire session. The painted lines, the, the process of ticketing, the process of appeal <laughs> for ticketing. Uh, you know, but that was such an informative mm-hmm. uh, podcast. 
And uh, the guests were great in helping us understand the level of planning and coordinating yeah. uh, that took place and, and how it makes our overall campus experience better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that, that topic really stretched me. Uh, so what about you? Do you recall anything from that parking I just podcast? Remember, I just remember, you know, how in depth and more like formulated it is with determining like the open space counts and the overall number of spaces, how they've grown and, and how they also work with risk management and like with the crosswalks and monitoring accidents and just, yeah. you know, the other thing that was been that was informative was the motor assistance program, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Just with, you know, with uh, the tire inflation and yes. jumping batteries. Yes. And, and, yes. and it was surprising here. They don't they don't help you break in your car anymore. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And then, you know, just even their uh, understanding during COVID of how we had to relax on the uh parking permits. It's something that you don't think about, but for a lot of students and families that are hurting, you know, that extra, you know, dollar or so or more uh, really, really helped and was a a sign of of, of being gracious and kind, you know, but they had to obviously sustain some losses with that. But being a team player and saying this is the right thing to do um, by holding off on on charging folks with those permits was another uh, way to be a good you know, rebel, if you will. Well, that and it's such a thankless job. Like nobody goes around and says, oh, thank you for enforcing parking today. You know, like they have to do this yeah. job yeah. that yeah. nobody wants yeah. to deal with, but they still do it. And the guests, they had a smile on their face. You yes. could hear it through the phone when we were mm-hmm. talking to them, even though that that's the type of job yeah. they have to do. And I think everybody was excited to hear some of the new projects that are underway to increase uh, parking availability and also just improve traffic flow yeah. in and yeah. out of campus. So that was that was all positive. Yeah. I think one of the shows that really stood out to me was the one with Dr. Uh, Martimiana, our Ooh, former president. That was going to be the yeah. one I was going to say. That was like... I got there first. <laughs> pick, your, uh, pick your own. <laughs> but uh, one thing that she said to me, which really stood out, was, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, how do you deal with your haters? You know? And she said, well... You know, sometimes your haters have a point. <laughs> and that really stuck with me about the need to really invite even our haters or those who might be in opposition to the table. Sure. Um, and to be open to listening and feedback. And that's just the role of leadership. And, you know, you really can't uh, escape that. And so to hear that from her, like I said then, and I'll say it again, is a lesson that we learn in leadership that you only find out from those that have experienced it. Not, It's not a theoretical <laughs> you know, way of looking at things, but it was really um, eye-opening. But then to just talk about how she just had to come into the role. She did not plan to be a president. It was, uh, she was answering a a university call in need. And I think uh, in our profession, we think about the trajectory of our career that we have, you know, we got to be a director, then we got to be, you know, uh, uh, AVP or associate vice president, then we have to be a vice president. And president was never in her list Mm -hmm. of jobs that she aspired to. But once the position became available and the university called on her, she was ready to take on that challenge. And so that really framed in my mind to to just take every opportunity that comes along as part of that journey. And uh, so what was your most takeaway or the biggest takeaway from that uh, podcast with Dr. Miana? Well, you've already taken all my <clears throat> all my points. Renee, you can play the play the tape back and <clears throat> confirm. I'm sure some of those were my takeaways. You know, Renee, she's that first mover strategy on the mic. I got to get ahead of her on that. But I think one of the things, you know, in addition to what you share, Renee, that resonated with me was that she was true to who she 
is. Yes. <clears throat> that she didn't try to be someone that she wasn't going into the position, not going into the position thinking she had all the answers, but she was going to lean on what had gotten her through her career to that point as becoming dean and special assistant to the vice, I mean, to the president. And she stuck to being true to herself. And I think that's what made her successful, what made her beloved and supported throughout mm-hmm. campus and beyond while she was in this role. And and I think the other thing that, that I took away with it is that she she knew that, you know, she sort of responded to the call, but she was also very happy to be returning to her true passion. Yeah. You know, back to the classroom teaching, Research. researching mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and so that was great to hear her just be so authentic in that way and that, you know, some people you you envision that they get into these high power positions and then it becomes what's the next big position mm-hmm. I can go to mm-hmm. rather than, you know, mm-hmm. I want to go back down to a lower position mm-hmm. to where I can really, you know, respond to what my passion is and, you know, just sort of finish it out her her career in that setting. So that was those were the things that that really resonated strongly with me. And I certainly believe that her exit did provide, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, Dr. Whitfield with a lot of, you know, pickup wins, low-hanging fruit. Uh, she'd already set it up so that the Hayred mascot had been removed, yeah. but there was still conversation of which direction the university might take, whether we remain a rebel or whether, you know, we go with something altogether different. And I think that was a, a an action on her part that she knew would be a great way to end her presidency, but also set up the new president to either, you know, go a different direction or, you know, relook at this notion of what it means to be a rebel, which we've mm-hmm. already decided now that rebel re- represents more of a spirit uh, of who we are. And it's true, really true, true. Uh, germane to our city and what it means to to be, uh, uh, you know, in this context, uh, a rebel on our campus. You know, another session that's fresh on my mind is when we had the students, you know, mm. on CSUN government oh, yeah. officers. And just to hear, you know, the amount of time, you know, the CSUN one and then also the... Um, Scarlet Gray. The, yep, Scarlet, Scarlet Gray. Those two sessions really impressed me with just, you know, I think it reflect back on when I was a student, I was not nearly able to rise to that occasion of mm-hmm. level responsibility, time commitment, discipline, while still being a full-time student. And just to hear the students' passion about doing this this extra work above being a student and how they devote so much time to fulfill those obligations was, was extremely impressive to me and made me want to more support the work that they're doing in those different spaces. Yeah, so I would agree with that. I would also add that um, I just ran to Josh Padilla, our you know, CSUN president, last week, and I said, oh my goodness, like your presidency is coming to a close. You know, thinking back, I mean, who would have thought that you would have been the student body president during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? And actually, you probably have grown more, developed more in ways than you would have ever imagined Mm -hmm. than if it had just been a traditional normal uh, semester. And, And so I said, so as you transition out, is it bittersweet? And he said, you know, yes, but he's also very excited to see a number of new leaders that are emerging and ready to take on the charge. I would also add um, the uh, student group from the uh, MOCA, the Men of Color yes. Alliance, uh, was a very interesting uh, podcast. Um, when we talked about the need for community and how that's been really a hardship on them given this environment, but but certainly needed. Ray, what about, what about you? What, what stands out from the student uh, segments that we've uh, covered. 
Yeah, I think the CSUN segment was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as a student, we get a lot of emails as students, <laughs> and I'm gonna be honest, most of those just go straight to the trash. They don't. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You mean tell me you don't read all those emails? I mean, mm. I read probably more than most students. I'll tell you that. Um, okay, we'll give you that. Yeah, but you know, like we don't get a lot of information other than emails, so it's nice to have another format to have audio, uh, uh, the radio program. And you know we're in the we're in the student halls now with our speakers um, yes. that broadcast mm-hmm. our HD two signal. So the show is making it to students, um, and they're they're forced to listen to it because <laughs> they're playing pool and it's on. So um, that's a good thing to be able to disseminate messages that might not reach students, mm-hmm. even though we sent ten emails about it. You know, yeah. so yeah. I thought that was a really informative episode and did a lot for for the students. So you touched on something. Talk about that, the need to have the speakers in the student spaces. You mentioned the residence yeah. halls. Talk about the evolution of that project. It's it's a long time coming. And um, as, a, as a student-run radio station at the, as the HD2, it's nice that we have the opportunity for students to be able to learn to be broadcasters, to learn to be DJs and program directors. We have all these opportunities but at the same time, we want to interact with the community and interact with the campus in particular. Um, so we've been focusing on trying to get this message out there. And the first step was getting speakers on and around campus. So as of now, we're in the Dayton Hall South, I believe. I think we're uh, this week we're going to be in Tonopah. And there's another one we're getting in. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week, but that is is crucial because like when the when the pandemic first started, right, and everything was getting shut down, the campus was shut down, we uh, launched a program called Impact, which talked about the impact of the coronavirus in Las Vegas in particular. And this program, you know, it gets the message out uh, on our FM airwaves, but to get it to the students as well, we needed these speakers placed around campus so now we have the ability to talk directly to students whereas before they would have to search us out to find us mm-hmm. um and and now we're just on you, you you walk through the buildings and you hear us so that message is getting out um it's not only music because it is a radio station we do play music but we have talk shows we have this show let's talk UNLV. we have another show run by one of the msi student council members karen jean charles and she does a, a student-run program, very similar to this you one. You gon' listen. It's called You Gon' Listen. <laughs> and um, I think it's important that those messages are spread throughout the student campus. And then talk to us about the mobile equipment that we have that will be really used in the fall when we return to campus and have a more in-person experience, how that is also going to uh, change how the messaging gets out. Yeah, absolutely. Part of my involvement with the MSI Student Council was was putting together a proposal for the ability to broadcast mobily. Um, granted, I did it during a pandemic, but, you know, it is a long-term project that we can do stuff with in the future. So anytime that we have big events, we can put together a whole mobile broadcast, just like you see the professional commercial radio stations do, right? Like you got these radio stations that pop up at uh, car dealerships or at the vaccination clinics um, that they pop up and they put a whole performance together right you got music out there you got food trucks and people broadcasting where you could be interviewing you know uh people walking in to get a vaccination tell me about your experience whatever the case may be but the ability to like i said mentioned earlier reach out to the community and interact with the community i think is something that just you know 
is something that we needed, um, and now we have the ability to do that. And you know, I, one of the things I've appreciated with the show, as far as just the timeliness of the topics that we talk about on the show, that they are relevant to what's going on in the moment here on campus, and I think are of utmost importance to the listeners that we have. You know, just like we first started, you know, we were in a, just really getting into the pandemic and we were able to get, you know, Provost Heavey on the mm-hmm. on the podcast. We were able to get uh, Brian Labus, the leading epidemiologist within the state to really come in and answer questions and provide us with, you know, information that we otherwise probably would not have had direct access to hear. You know, as they say, from the horse's mouth uh, concerning how UNLV is approaching the planning and all those things that they were unfolding at the time. Yeah, I really enjoyed the balance between the uh, admin faculty at the senior level, but also the amount of students that we've had, but also faculty. We've highlighted highlighted their research. We've highlighted their interests, their passions. Uh, We've talked about different campus conversations, uh, which really um, uh, is timely, as as, as Keith said. Uh, So, like I said, we've covered a lot. I think, what, what, 30-plus episodes have been recorded and, and counting. Uh, so it's just been really, really a a a fun ride. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention one other episode. Okay. That, that I thought was a really informative to me. I bet she's gonna say grant writing because that's his. <laughs> well, you know that's that's <laughs> hey that's that's my life grant writing right. <clears throat> but you know when we had uh, Dr. Kendra Gage on, oh you know, yes, professor from oh yes, professor with you know African American studies, and just hearing her talk about implicit bias and just upfront tell her telling her students that hey you may be surprised I'm a white professor teaching African American yeah. studies so that I mean that was that you know that was a bold sort of statement to start the conversation but it was just very engaging to hear like how diverse her curriculum is you know how diverse the readings are and just hearing her talk about that rise and revolution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. component of, of the course so it, that was one that I really enjoyed that show and it was very mm-hmm. informative yeah so I guess let's talk about moving forward. What what topics and guests we might want to have in the future? I know uh, most recently, uh, Melissa Bowles Terry was uh, appointed to director of the faculty center. We haven't had Melissa on on, uh, on the show. Um, we haven't had Dr. Whitfield. Uh, certainly yes. could could uh, mm-hmm. invite Dr. Whitfield uh, to uh, the. To our show. We got a new UNLV head basketball coach. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Former student and alum. So I think it would Kevin be great. Kevin Kruger. Yes. Yep. Great to have Coach Kruger come on the show and maybe have his dad call in as, during <laughs> that time and, and give him a little business. <clears throat> okay. Okay. What that'd about you? That'd be awesome, actually, if we yes. got Lon to call in at the same time. That'd oh, be great. Yes. <laughs> what about Ray? What do you, what do you think? What are some? Um, well, as a student, um, I think a lot of What's going on with the CSUN would be would be nice. They have the elections coming up, so mm-hmm. yeah. I've actually been trying to work with CSUN to see if I can broadcast their debates and and oh. whatnot. So that you know something along those lines, maybe the senators from <clears throat> specific colleges to kind of see what's mm-hmm. going on in mm-hmm. that college at this time, what they're working on, um, because they have a lot of information and a lot of their information, like I said, gets sent to students in email yeah. and having that vo- voiced. Mm-hmm. I, I got one of the CSUN senators emailed me about some scholarship opportunities mm-hmm. they have available yes. for students that 
they're not getting enough applicants for. So, you know, have, having that type of information as a, from a student perspective would be really crucial. And, you know, another topic just popped in my head is now that we have we're going to have an in-person commencement, maybe having some of the upcoming graduates maybe yeah. speak mm-hmm. about, you know, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the importance of having an in-person commencement and sort of how their morale has perhaps changed from believing there was going to be virtual. Now there's going to be in person and now they can invite some family members and maybe to get some some shared stories from our upcoming graduates, I think could be good too. Yeah, that's exciting to to know that we're going to be doing that. And that's for the class of 2020 and class of 2021. What a huge commitment yes. on the part of the university. But also I think what would be interesting is the planning and the coordinating mm-hmm. and the uh, permissions and approvals that you need to have in order to have this uh, uh, big event, but also to do it safe and, you know, uh, under the CDC guidelines and taking all those precautions. So, well, that's about what, 10 podcasts right there. <laughs> yeah, that would work. And I think that the, the graduation would actually be a great time to test out this mobile equipment. Oh. Ooh. On site. On site. You know? Preach, Ray. Interviewing graduates as they walked off the stage. Hey, come talk to me for a few. I think that'd be awesome. Then, then, then Renee get to use her 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 Facebook Live feed. Oh, there yeah, you go. absolutely. Yeah. And maybe I can wear my regalia because you know. <laughs> now, Renee, if you're gonna rock yours, I'm gonna have to. You know, I'm have to go. I'm gonna have to go rock mine too. Now, you should make it more than a one-time use outfit. You know, absolutely. Well, it's been great, Keith. This is great uh, yeah, time to yeah walk down memory lane. Yes. So thank you for your commitment, Keith. I couldn't have done this without you. And you know, Renee, I, I'm just thankful that you reached out to me and you, you know, didn't let me shy away from the opportunity and, and sort of really had confidence that we could do this and confidence in me. And, and it's been a great experience. I'm looking forward to the next year <clears throat> of doing the podcast. And eventually having some guests in person, right? (laughs) For sure. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of KUNV Let's Talk UNLV. From my co-host, Keith, I'm Renee. Tune in next week, Wednesday at 12, on KUNV 91.5 Jazz and More. That's a wrap.